0: Before we dive into today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this content is intended for general purposes only and should not be used to substitute professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your medical service practitioner based on your unique needs. Hi everyone, this is Kelly, your nutritional nerd, bringing you the health news you want to hear for the week of August 15th, 2022. Do you ever experience brain fog or neuro fatigue? Do your symptoms, like an inability to concentrate or an overwhelming feeling of exhaustion, ever make you feel isolated or frustrated? Does your neurofatigue fatigue seem impossible to manage? Well, three in four traumatic brain injury survivors feel as if their loved ones don't entirely understand their neurofatigue. fatigue. They do feel isolated and frustrated with symptoms that seem impossible to manage. And in some cases, they don't even understand what's going on themselves. And this is understandable because neurofatigue fatigue or brain fog is still a mystery to most people, especially if they haven't encountered the sensation. It is, however, a condition that affects 98% of people with a traumatic brain injury, even those who are well into their recovery. Now, this debilitating experience is not something we openly talk about every day, but if you or someone you love has had to deal with neurofatigue, be sure to keep listening because you shouldn't have to suffer alone. Today, we are going to dive into neurofatigue, uh, causes of neurofatigue, what it feels like, and most importantly, what you can do about it. So, let's start with causes. Though most causes of neurofatigue are traumatic brain injury like a violent uh, blow to the head or a concussion or a stroke, some people do report neurofatigue symptoms associated with other conditions, and these can include various things like chronic Lyme disease or chronic migraines, uh, malnourishment, or even hormonal imbalances like PCOS. Now some of these conditions can only be managed through an improved lifestyle, but tactics like neuronutrition and proper fatigue management can make a world of difference for people suffering from chronic neurofatigue and general brain injury recovery. So what exactly does neurofatigue feel like? Well, neurofatigue or cognitive fatigue is distinguished by pronounced mental fatigue after mental activity. Now, this mental activity can include almost anything from writing to analyzing to paperwork uh, to observing a movie or listening to a lecture or shopping in a big box store or simply engaging in conversation. Concentration and focus becomes extremely difficult after bursts of mental activity, so much so that even simple tasks can be debilitating. People often describe neurofatigue as the feeling of being completely exhausted or depleted. They've got no brain power or energy to focus, remember information, to learn anything new, or perform daily activities. Now, if you are interested in more information about neurofatigue and coping strategies, be sure to check out some of our previous podcasts and blogs at happyhuman.com or on all the the major podcast platforms where you'll find um, information about common complaints and solutions for living with neurofatigue, as well as various coping strategies to help you take back your life. Speaking of life, what about neurofatigue in daily life? Well, neurofatigue or that kind of fatigue often occurs in many different brain injury types or imbalanced endocrine systems, but common triggers in daily life include things like working in front of a screen, watching a lot of TV, doing any kind of paperwork, reading for extended periods of time, sometimes even physical exertion can cause this neurofatigue or moments of increased sensory stimulation, like when you're in a crowded um, place or there's lots of loud music or sports events going on. If you're in busy stores or taking public transportation, any one of these different environments can create that sensory overload and trigger neurofatigue. fatigue um, other things as well like emotionally draining tasks or stressful situations or unexpected events now many people may not understand this condition but neurofatigue fatigue is not laziness and this is an important distinction to make because Many people who may suffer with neurofatigue end up feeling guilty if they can't complete tasks as they once did, but knowing that brain injury, neurological disease, or even hormonal imbalances can place severe limitations on the brain's ability to function can help with acceptance and prevent them from pushing themselves too hard. Because if you've ever been in that situation, doing so will definitely make matters worse. And may prevent healing. Okay, so now that we've talked about what neurofatigue feels like, let's take a look at uh, some more some common symptoms of neurofatigue. So it is most commonly exhibited by that inability to concentrate or that overwhelming feeling of exhaustion. But there are other associated symptoms, and they can include things like having glazed eyes a headache, slower movement and speech, difficulty with speech in general, forgetfulness, distractibility, irritability, sleep problems, a sensitivity to light, or even a lack of motivation. And all of these symptoms can be incredibly disruptive to work, school, home, household management, and even enjoyable activities that you might want to do for fun. But now what? If you have any of these symptoms or can relate to the feelings associated with neurofatigue, what can you do about it? First, please realize that you are not alone. And second, keep listening for some valuable tips on how to manage your neurofatigue. All right, so let's go there. How can you effectively deal with neurofatigue? Now, it is possible to deal with it and continue on with a highly functioning day to day life. Now, I do recommend um, several different measures to deal with most instances, instances of neurofatigue, and we'll go through a few of them here together. First, having an awareness of your neurofatigue triggers. You may want to keep a fatigue diary because awareness and close monitoring of what triggers your episodes of neurofat- fatigue can help you avoid intense episodes that interfere with living your life. Pay attention to your bodily signals and regularly check in with yourself and do be honest. If If you're engaging in something even that you enjoy and you're starting to get to your threshold, recognize what is happening. Don't just keep on going or pushing yourself because you're enjoying the activity. Do be honest. And once you are aware of what triggers affect you, then you can start doing something about it. Now, in most cases, the most effective action is actually inaction or avoidance. So if you know that being in a social setting where you'll be surrounded by multiple conversations happening at the same time, and you know that's going to be more than your brain can manage, then try to avoid such such situations if you can help it. You may want to um, do something different, like meet with one or two friends at a time, so that you can actually join in the conversation and not feel like the world is whizzing past you. A second good tip for how to effectively deal with your neurofatigue is getting good sleep. Now, most people have enough trouble getting enough sleep to begin with, but if you have a traumatic brain injury, you will likely experience insomnia at much greater rates, and this will trigger a never-ending cycle lack of sleep will keep the brain from regenerating itself properly, and along with regular bouts of brain fog, that will have a compounding negative effect on how you function during the day. So if you suffer from neuro fatigue and have difficulty sleeping, you definitely understand how devastating the effects are on your daily life. Now, I understand it's easy to say that if you struggle with getting to sleep or staying asleep, you need to practice good sleep hygiene, but it can be impossible to put into practice if you're the one suffering. So here are a few tips that you may want to try. And please keep in mind, putting pressure on yourself to get to sleep will likely backfire on you. So instead, be gentle with yourself. Do things you can manage and try to stay relaxed. Other things you may want to try are setting a routine to go to bed at the same time every night, eliminating stressors as best as you can, and putting down all electronics at least an hour before bedtime. You may also want to consider using a white noise machine or listening to soothing nature sounds to help lull you to sleep at night. Now, if all of this fails and you still can't turn your brain off at night, consider reaching out for support. There might be a supplement or two that you could benefit from, but because this podcast is intended for general information only and a general audience um, and the recommendation of supplementation is a highly individualized matter, not everyone may benefit from the same suggestions. So if you are interested or curious about what might work for you, then please reach out. A third strategy is exercise and daily movement. When you exercise, your body releases endorphins, which are feel-good hormones that give you energy. So even a 30-minute walk every day can help boost your energy, clear your mind, and increase blood flow to the brain. And if 30 minutes is seems like Too much time or too overwhelming for you at the moment, then don't worry. Even if you can just get up, stretch for a few minutes, move your body. um, But trying to trying to move every single day and putting in that effort, even if it's five minutes at a time, will be beneficial. The fourth strategy, and this one is a no-brainer. Pardon the fun pun, but Effective nutrition, fueling your body, and therefore your brain and your entire nervous system for success can can work some serious magic on signs of neurofatigue, and a poor diet might even be the cause of your brain fog. So, what do you eat? In general, you would do well eliminating processed empty calories and feeding yourself with regular, nutrient-dense foods instead. Now, neuronutrition encourages brain-healthy foods like avocado, dark greens, dark chocolate, sweet potatoes, raw nuts and seeds, berries and pastured eggs. And in addition there's plenty of brain nutrients that you should be eating like omega-3 fatty acids, lean proteins that come from grass-fed meats as well as plant-based sources and organic fruits and veggies. All of the key nutrients contained within these beautiful, delicious foods are what your entire body need to stay healthy. And now if you're still not sure what to eat or what to avoid, you might want to consider checking out our recipe ebook, which contains a variety of recipes designed to support optimal brain health and reduce neurofatigue. So this is a great place to start. But if you would like more individualized support or guidance, then contact me um, and we can get started on creating your own personalized neuronutrition program um, just for you. Number five, the fifth suggestion here. Um, and along with neuronutrition, I would say that this suggestion is probably the most important, not to mention one of the most challenging. and that is to pace yourself time management and reasonably scheduling are very very important don't try to take on too much and inevitably trigger your fatigue what might help is to organize your daily activities in a checklist or a planner so that you're aware of what it is exactly you need to get done every day in order to feel productive and happy but most of all don't forget to schedule dedicated time for you for you to relax and to de-stress without any other responsibilities or commitments. Burnout will only amplify your symptoms and increase the exposure to your triggers. And do yourself a favor by making this time non-negotiable. Treat it as you would any other appointment. This way, If anyone suggests getting together during your scheduled downtime, tell them you already have plans. They don't need to know what you're doing or that you're doing nothing. Because remember that your needs should come first during recovery. And number six, another suggestion here is mindfulness-based stress reduction. Scientists have discovered there are striking benefits to mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques, and there's many different daily practices incorporated in this kind of stress management. Things like doing a mindful body scan, gentle yoga or stretching, sitting meditation, and heart-focused breathing. In general, you want to focus only on things occurring in the present moment. So if you are prone to overthinking situations and stressing about future events, then your body will try to protect itself. So don't worry about things that are entirely out of your control. You have enough that already is. And finally, do see a doctor for an official diagnosis. So if you haven't yet determined the cause of your neurofatigue, see a doctor or healthcare professional as soon as possible because this kind of symptom happens even to people who haven't experienced a traumatic brain injury. If it is hormonal or a larger um, physiological problem, then your doctor will be able to help you establish a plan to manage or eliminate your symptoms. And don't forget again, to nourish your mind and body. Remember, you are not alone. So if you or a loved one are experiencing the symptoms discussed in this podcast, there is a community of peers and experts out there who have your back. And if you're ready to take your health and wellness into your own hands and properly deal with neurofatigue, then schedule a Neuronutrition consultation with private sessions that personalize your program, neurological based recipes and a dedicated support team. It is possible to feel like your best self again. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you being here with me today. And as always, I'll see you in the next download. Stay happy and healthy. Thank <small noise> you.